Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Black Autumn Coffee Podcast. This is episode 14, and today we're going to be talking about steps and procedures to get proper and perfect, not really perfect, but almost perfect brewing extractions, because isn't that what we all want? We all want to sit down in the morning, spend our few minutes making our coffee, and get perfect extractions to start the day off. Who loves anything better than that? Well, before we start off in the episode, I do have a little special announcement. We have these pens that just came in for Black Autumn. Now I only ordered 10 of them as they were samples. Let me show them to you guys. And if you're listening again, you're not going to be able to see this. But if you want to click on it and look at it, we have these pens. They look just like this. They have the bird and the leaf for Black Autumn. I only have 10 of them. Um, I don't know exactly how many I have available at like right this second because I have given some out as this is live. So DM me on Black Autumn Coffee on Instagram if you would like to purchase one of these. $5 we'll call it or you know whatever I think five dollars is a good price for these I didn't spend too much on them so if you do want to cop one of these like your barista looking to get some uh, new pins for your apron go ahead hit me up on black autumn coffee and I'll get you hooked up with one of these let's hop into the episode though so like I did say just a second ago we are gonna be talking about steps and procedures to get perfect basically perfect brewing extractions so there's a lot to cover here because I mean brewing isn't just v60s there is a multitude of stuff that we are going to talk about today, um, including like bean prep and water prep and, and proper stuff for for everything because like there's so many steps to get a perfect extraction and I feel like people don't exactly know like extraction steps and how to get really good extractions or people just have a lot of questions on how to get them. So it's kind of my purpose here today is to answer those questions and teach people the perfect extraction methods. So. First, we're going to start with bean prep. Now, some of these are optional and some of these are kind of like a mandatory, I would say. Again, this is all subjective. It's all what you feel like you should do, what you think you should do, and what you don't think you should do. It's all subjective. So don't say because I'm saying you have to do all of this means you have to. This is just steps that are going to help you get those better extractions that you're aiming for probably. So under the bean prep category, the first thing I want to talk about is dosing the correct amount in. Now, this is super important because if you just go by scoops, you never know how much you're putting in and it's never going to be the exact same amount because say you're doing a dark roast and a light roast and you put one scoop of each, one's going to be heavier than the other because it has been not roasted as much so there's still a lot of density in the beans. So it's it's very, very important that you dose them in so you know the exact amount of gram or ounces or whatever you're putting in to whatever you're brewing. So don't go by scoops. Don't go by, oh, I just put a handful or I just eyeball it. Dosing in is going to be your best friend here because it's going to make sure you get a consistent and even extraction every time because you're not changing a bunch of factors with how many beans you're putting in. You're putting the same amount of coffee in every time. Now, after that, under the bean prep category, we have RDT. I think RDT is important and we have covered it a lot on the podcast here, I think several times now. Um, but RDT is super, super, super important because it does help that zero retention. So whatever you dose out, you're going to get out from the grinder. And it also helps with static, so you're not going to have ground shooting everywhere from your grinder. It's going to be very pleasant to be able to grind if you're using RDT. But don't go too overboard on the RDT. All you need is one or two spritz. Dump it in your grinder, grind it, and you're good to go. And that brings me to the last step of the bean prep, which I consider to grind. That's just grinding your coffee at the specific course, fine, whatever you are doing. So if you're doing V60, like a medium coarse or medium fine, or doing AeroPress, go a little bit coarser, or if you're doing espresso, go almost as fine as you can go. It's whatever you're doing, but that's kind of just part of bean prep. I wanted to throw that in there because I feel like it's part of the bean prep. 
Now, we're going to kind of venture off into like the V60, into AeroPress, into that kind of stuff and prep for that. And then we'll cover espresso a little bit. So if you're here for espresso, hold your horses. We're going to get there in just a second. But let's talk about the section that I call the filter prep. So the first step in the filter prep is to obviously get your filter. And I do like to fold my filter. So all V60 filters, if you know what I'm talking about, have the little ridges on the side. I always fold that inwards and then open the filter and crease it on the side. So then it holds the filter open, put it in the V60, and you're good to go. That's like the first step, which obviously that's optional. You don't have to do all that. It's, it's all subjective, whatever you want to do to prep your filter. And then the next thing that I always say is wet the filter. That's on AeroPress, that's on V60, that's on everything that has a paper filter. I would always wet the paper filter because it's gonna get that paper taste out of your coffee and it's not gonna extract with the coffee. As well as it holds your dripper at a consistent heat. So like V60, if you're gonna put hot water and go ahead and water that filter, it's actually gonna allow that dripper to start obtaining heat. So then when you put the coffee in, your like your initial cup of coffee that comes out of that isn't going to be cold. It's already going to be at a good temperature because your dripper was already holding temp. Now, let's talk about the re-dosing coffee section that I call. That's still part of filter prep. Um, I would always redose coffee out, whether it's before, whether it's after, whether it's you're putting it in. And so like when I put my coffee into my filter, when it's grind, I always tear it out and reweigh the coffee to make sure that there's no issue with my grinder. Because let's say I put 20 grams in my bean dosing tray, I give it two spritzes of RDT, I put it in the grinder, I grind it, I never measure it out again, but then let's say one day I do the exact same thing and I measure it out. And then when I measure it out again, putting it in my filter, let's say I only have 18 grams of coffee, that's a whole two grams that I'm losing to static, which is absolutely ridiculous. And if you are losing two grams of coffee in your grinder, that might be a little bit of a problem, especially only doing 20 grams. You might want to get that checked out, but you're never going to know if you don't reweigh it back out if your coffee is giving you that zero retention or not. And sometimes when I do it, and I think this is normal, I hope it's normal, I'll get more coffee out than I got in because that RDT and some of that water helps get the coffee that's stuck inside the bird chamber. It will get it out, and then I'll have a little bit more coffee, which I try and purchase a grinder a couple times before just to help with that problem. But it's better to have a problem of more, a little bit like 0.1 grams of coffee coming out than losing two whole grams. So that's going to help you there. Now, these next three are completely optional, but stuff that I would highly recommend. And they're kind of, it's like I would recommend one of the three. Don't do all three, but one of the three I would recommend to do. And I do one of these every brew. It depends on what mood I'm in. But the first one is optional to shake the bed to be flat. So once you put your coffee into your V60, this is kind of just over the V60, not really AeroPress, it doesn't matter for, but definitely in V60, if you take your dripper after putting the coffee in and just give it a little gentle shake back and forth like this, just back and forth, all it's gonna do is even out that coffee bed, so then when you start pouring, you have a very even surface to start your pour on, and it's going to come out really good. But let's say you poured it at an angle and so your coffee is just setting at like a 45 degree angle, you're gonna start pouring, and the water is going to fall through a lot faster because it's not touching all of the coffee because it's not even. It's almost like an uneven tamp is the way I would say it. You wouldn't start your espresso extraction if your tamp was like 45 degree angle to the side. No, not at all. That's absolutely ridiculous. And we always know that that's not going to give you a good extraction. So it's the same with V60 the way I think of it. You're gonna, you want to start with a flatbed because it's going to help when you start pouring to get a very even extraction on the top. Now the next one is actually a spiral with the spoon on top of the coffee bed. So let's say you flatten it out, you take a little end of a spoon, nothing too thick, 
something a little thin, and then run it through the coffee, and you make a little spiral. And it's kind of like a, 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 uh, what's the root? Kind of like a track. It's kind of like a racetrack for your water. It sounds really weird saying, but it is. It's, it's a guideway. It's a pathway for your water. That's the word I was looking for. All you do is you, when you start pouring, you follow that spiral you made with the spoon. And so it gives that water an even place and even extraction to start going through. It's almost like the same with the tampers that have the ridges on the bottom. It makes a little pathway for the water to start falling through. And that's the same with your filter coffee and a V60. And then one that I've started doing recently and seen people do before is actually WDTing the coffee bed. This actually helps the imperfections and maybe clumping that's happening inside. Or if you spritz it too much with RDT, there's a little bit too much water in there, it might cause the coffee to just clump together. And what this is going to do is actually help the coffee not be clumped and separate it, give all the inconsistencies a little break so then the coffee comes through cleaner. That's obviously very optional, and a lot of people don't agree with the statement of WDTing your filter coffee, but I think it helps, and I also think that I've seen better cups come out of it doing WDT in it lately, so I, I would recommend that. Now, that's all the filter prep, so that's everything that needs to be covered for preparing your filter for your coffee, preparing for your brew. Now, let's talk about the water prep. This one is probably the most important. I was having some talks with some guys in the shop the other day and we were talking about water and how it is the most important factor ever because just because somebody else in like North Carolina is getting a perfect brew with this recipe and you over here in uh, Florida aren't getting that same good recipe come out, it might be because of the water because the water is different in every single place in every town, in every state, in every building. It's going to be different. And so it's important that you probably water profile if yours is too hard or not hard enough um reverse osmotic is what i use none of my water here is actually like super hard it has a little bit in it but that reverse osmotic water gives it a little bit more minerals and a little bit more hardness to it which is pretty helpful um and water profiling is definitely going to be your best friend in a place that you don't have the correct water hardness because you can easily take lotus water drops for an example dose it out make a little water brew Put it in your kettle and go. And that's that's it. That's all you got to do. Or put it in your espresso machine. That's all you got to do. Or put it into your water lines or whatever you would like to do. Go for it. Because it's going to help you get a, a better extraction and more flavors and more of those aromatics in your coffee. And you're going to be able to taste it more. And it's overall just going to be a better experience for you. Um, kind of like I said just a second ago. And this is not optional. I put in all caps, not optional, because it is very, very, very vital that you have that correct hardness in your water, or else you're not going to get the correct taste of the coffee, and it's going to taste a little bit weird, and you're going to be like, wow, maybe I just can't brew, maybe I just suck at brewing, and that's not the case at all, actually, it's just your water sucks, <laughs> let's just say that, your water's is not good enough, you're probably good, okay, but it's just your water's not good enough, so it's very important that you do have the correct hardness for that in your water. And the last thing for water prep is the proper temperature. Because all three of these, water profiling, the hardness of your water, and the temperature are the most important things that are going to help your extraction. Water is what extracts the coffee. So if your water isn't prepared right, you're not going to get a good extraction. And so it's important that your water is not too hot or not too cold. Because volatile extractions are the most important thing in getting all those flavors and aromatics in the coffee. And if you're too cold, you're not going to get any of them. And if you're too hot, you're going to burn through most of them and not get the ones that you're looking for. Now, I would say for certain coffees, it is kind of important to move that water up and down. 
So if you want more volatiles in a coffee or if you're dialing something in and can't get it properly dialed in, change that temp because higher might give you the volatiles you're looking for or lower might give you the volatiles you're looking for. So I would just raise that water up and down until you find your even point for that coffee and every coffee obviously is gonna be different. So it's never gonna be the same just because one coffee was 209 doesn't mean the other one's gonna be 209, it might be 199. Yes, 209 is very high. I would not recommend brewing your coffee at that. I would stay under 200 degrees, start there. And if you wanna move a little bit higher, Higher, go for it move a little bit higher but that's all in water prep and again let me just re-emphasize this that is the most important steps those three water preps are the most important steps in the process because it's going to help your extraction the most out of all of these factors obviously grind size is probably the second most important so make sure as long as everything else is right this is assuming that you have everything else dialed in water is going to be your key your final key to making sure your extraction is perfect and good to go now, let's talk about the actual process of brewing and pouring the water. So, there are a couple different ways to brew, and I want to talk about three of them. So, we have the spiral pouring, which we kind of talked about this when we talked about osmotic in my video the other day. Um, but in case you haven't watched it, we are going to cover all this one more time. These spiral pours are basically, you're going to start pouring in the middle and slowly go out. And as you go out on the V6, you're going to make bigger circles. Now, what this does is, agitates the coffee, helping you extract more compounds that are inside of there, as well as more evenly extract all of them. Because if you're going in a circle and going bigger, it's going to cover all of the coffee and then fall out and extract all the coffee in there. Spiral pours are probably the most common and you're going to get the most even extractions with the spiral pours. Sorry. Um, I almost started saying the next one, but let's talk about the next one, which is osmotic. And osmotic is one pour from directly in that center. And that's what my whole video was on. If you guys want to go check it out, we cover it, we taste it, and we taste one that wasn't osmotic and see if we can find the difference. But it, I talk a lot about it there, where it came from, all that kind of stuff. And I'm not going to cover the whole 20-minute history on it right now. But we're going to talk about the basics of it because I feel like it is important because I was dialing in a recipe one time and I could not get the recipe to come down past TDS. Now, yes, I think it was a problem with the refract, but it's... Besides that, what did help was an osmotic pour. And what this actually does is it extracts less volatiles, but in a good way. It's gonna give you a delicate taste and it's gonna give you a very tea-like and herbal taste, at least with the coffee that I did it with. I would only recommend osmotic pour so far as of all the coffees I've done it with. I would only recommend for like a fruity coffee because chocolate coffee, you're not going to get a good extraction with osmotic pour. It's going to taste like a really faint coffee taste. Just because those are so strong, they need a lot more of extraction than the osmotic pour doesn't give that much agitation to extract all those volatile compounds. Now, the last one I want to talk about is immersion. And this is obviously just where the coffee will set in the water. It has so much more contact time with the water that it gets a lot more of like a strong and bold cup of coffee. The really good example that I've been using lately a lot is the AeroPress. The coffee sets in there with the water and just extracts. After you agitate it and stir it for a little bit, it just sets there and sets and extracts. And then you push it out and you're left with a little coffee puck, kind of like an espresso. But it gives you a very dark cup of coffee and then you can add water if needed afterwards. But it's amazing. It's so cool how the immersion can extract those volatile compounds even better than sometimes the osmotic pour can. Um, and the Hario Switch is also a very good version of the immersion that I've been doing lately. Love the Hario Switch. But I would recommend those if you guys want to start some immersion brews yourself. And if you want to help your immersion brews, I do have some videos on my second channel where you can go look at those that will help you with that immersion brewing. Now, We've covered the filter prep. You've probably brewed a V60 by now. 
Now let's talk about espresso. Now, as you can probably see behind me, I haven't mentioned this in any videos or podcasts recently, but I do have a espresso machine now. It's the ECM Mechanica 5 Slim, and I do have a lot of tools behind me, including a knockbox and a bunch of tampers and a distributor, all that kind of stuff, some WDTs behind me. Um, and if you can't see it, obviously, because you're listening, it's fine. Just imagine there's an espresso machine sitting behind me right now and you're not missing out on anything. But I have been diving more deep into that espresso prep, considering pup prep and all that kind of stuff. And espresso theory has been a lot more on my mind lately to where I think we're going to do some espresso theory in the future where it's not going to be on the podcast, but on my second channel, because I do want to show you guys stuff and it's hard to do that on a podcast. But let's talk about the espresso prep. So first one. We're going to keep it the same. A lot of this is going to be the same as before, but there are a few other steps in between that I want to talk about. Um, dosing the beans in, super important. Obviously, like as we talked before, you're going to want to know what's coming in and what's coming out. Um, the next one is being weigh the beans out. So I would always, for espresso, weigh them in, weigh them out into your portafilter because that's going to tell you right there, are you getting the zero retention? Is your grinder messed up? Is it not giving you what you put in? Is it holding two grams for some reason or is it spitting out more than it should as we talked about earlier um wdt which is also very optional but i would highly recommend it's going to help you get those inconsistencies in the coffee are going to like disappear you're going to have a very even extraction with that on top of that if you distribute distribute distribution is this tool that i have right behind me obviously you can't see it if you are just listening but let's talk about it real quick so this is my distributor it has a little wedge surface right here it has three inclined platforms all you got to do is set this on top of your espresso puck once you started grind in your portafilter and twist and what that does is twist this on top of the coffee making it very flat and removes even more inconsistencies that the, that the wdt may not have gotten so this is a distribution tool and there are lots of different ones out there this is just a standard wedge one but there are lots of other ones out there that you can find now after that what do we do we tamp now Here's my tamper right here. Obviously, again, if you're listening, you can't see this, but it does have little wedges on the bottom and has a lot of coffee needs to probably be cleaned. But what this does is it has a spring inside. So when you press it, boom, it goes down, tamps, you let go, it comes back up. And there's these little ridges, which actually helps for more even extraction and water flow like we talked about earlier. Now, the main point in tamping is obviously applying that pressure to your espresso puck to then slow down the resistance of the water and get a more strong, even espresso-like extraction. That's tamping is very important. I think we've talked about tamping several times in the past, just doing that kind of stuff. Um, and after that, after you tamp, I say this is optional. I do use it here, but it's a puck screen and it just sets right on top and actually slows down the water even more. So you have a very even extraction with your coffee. And I absolutely love it. The taste is so clean with that because it disperses the water more evenly. And then with the more evenly dispersed of the ridges, it's a super even extraction. So all of these, if you do all of these, it might be a little bit overkill for a commercial, but at home, I do believe that it does help a lot. Now, we're gonna talk about all of these again. And a lot of these, like this is the water prep for espresso basically. And again, these are your ride or die. These are going to kill you or these are going to help your extractions. Obviously not actually kill you, but it's gonna kill your extractions. And that's gonna be the correct water hardness because espresso matters the most. Because it's so concentrated, you're gonna be able to tell the tiniest little changes in your water. And so if you don't have the correct hardness, your, your espresso is not gonna taste how you want it to or how you would like it to. And water profiling is gonna help you taste what you want to taste out of the coffee and control what's coming, what minerals are inside of your water. 
After that, the correct water temperature. Temperature is important with espresso because it can burn through it really fast. I want to talk about a quick issue real quick that my machine had as I'm going to turn around here. So just to show you what basically happened, there's a valve inside of this machine that controls the steam pressure. And the steam pressure was super low when I got this machine. So I was like, you know what? I want to turn it up, obviously. I want to be able to steam. So I turned up the steam pressure. But turning up the steam pressure, since this is a heat exchange machine, actually caused steam to get stuck inside of that boiler. As I think it would get stuck inside the boiler. Stuck inside the lines, maybe. To where when I would initiate the group head, steam would just come out of the group head. And the water was way too hot. So it would just burn through the coffee and it would be 40 grams out in about 10 seconds. And it's ridiculous. So you have to make sure that you're at the right water temp, especially not having PID or being able to control the temperature on your espresso machine. You're not going to be like you won't know what it's at. And you can get little thermometers that go here on the front of the group head to tell you what the temperatures at inside the group, which are I would highly recommend um, because it's going to tell you what your temperature's at if you don't have PID and don't know what it's at. Um, but I wanted to talk about that because it was an issue that I was having for a while. I didn't know why, and it was burning through my espresso, not giving me good extractions. So make sure that you are at the right temperature on your espresso machine because it's going to affect your shots as well as the correct pressure. So as I was talking about steam pressure with this, there is another valve on the right side that controls the group head pressure. And what you're going to want is you're going to want nine bars of pressure. That's like the perfect. And with flow control up here too, you can even control the pressure. So if I turn this like all the way down, it's going to turn it all the way to no bars. It's not going to let anything through or might let like one bar of pressure through. And that's it. But when I open it fully up, it's going to let those full nine bars come through. So you can have that pre-infusion, the low flow for a little bit and a whole multitude of stuff for a not so expensive price, honestly. But you're going to want to make sure you have the right pressure that's coming through the espresso puck so it can extract everything as evenly as possible. And the last thing we got on the list here is to weigh out and time your shot. This is going to tell you exactly how much you got out and exactly how long the water was in contact with your shot and your espresso puck. Now, the one thing I do want to say about this is it's not completely universal. And a lot of people at home don't know this. Uh, home breezes, if you unless you work at a shop, you might know this. And some shops don't even do this. But what you want to do is this, you don't want to start the timer when you see the espresso fall out. You want to start the timer when you flick your espresso machine on, you flick the pump on, because the second you do that, water comes through. And so you want to track how long that water has been in contact. Because like if you're using a waffle and it's like super fine, I used a waffle the first time the other day and had the coffee at super fine. It comes through super slow and took a long time where you could see the espresso, maybe like 10 to 15 seconds before you saw the espresso. So it really like t timing that from when the first drop came out, it was going to be a ridiculously long shot, obviously, but starting it from the beginning, it's going to be even longer. And you want to know how long that water has been in contact with the coffee, not how long the espresso has been falling out if that makes sense. So make sure you start your timer the second you initiate your pump on because it's going to tell you that correct time. And you can dose out. And when you're weighing out as well, your shot as it's coming out of your espresso machine, it's really going to tell you what ratio you're at. So if you put 20 in and got 40 out, you're like a one to two or you're 20 in 20 out, you're at a one to one, it's going to tell you what your ratio is. And you can be able to experiment and get different ratios as well as your baskets are going to kind of include you and exclude you from those. But that's all I had for uh, perfect extractions. I wanted to talk about these because I feel like they do help and people don't know the steps to a perfect extraction. So these are the steps to get that perfect extraction at home. 
Um, and that's like the main brewing processes and the procedures to get those perfect extractions. I wanted to preface one more time. I do have a handful of these pens left. And if you do want one for your apron or you just want one in general, just hit me up at Black Autumn Coffee on Instagram and I'll get back to you with some information and see if we can get you hooked up with one. Well, I do appreciate you guys watching today's episode and I will see you guys in the next one. Peace out.